Did you see that? That's what I kept asking my sister when we were at Universal over and over again. Did you see that? And she would look at me like, no, or yeah, so what? And I felt like a nerd geeking out in a non-geek nerd uh, world. It was so much stuff going on that it was just over the top dark psychology. <laughs> this is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So I want to ask you to join me on the flip as we talk a little bit more about dark psychology and how it is used in everyday life. Thanks. See you on the side. Dark psychology. Those two words say a lot, but then they don't say as much as they are saying. So what is dark psychology? Is it some dark wizardry that only those schooled in the dark recesses of time from the Book of the Living and the Dead with the alchemical knowledge of all are able to enact? Nope, not really. Dark psychology is what is done to uh, influence or observe or correct human behavior and thought. And that's simple as it gets. Now, for those people of you uh, that are listening that are uh, NLP buffs and are into the subliminal, you're probably like screaming at me like, no, Michelle, it's not that simple. Well, I guess I'm talking to everybody when I say it can be. And that's what I experienced on a recent trip that I had at Universal. I got so many lessons out of uh, how the masters and the professionals really do it that it was it, it was um, it was kind of like watching a maestro uh, at his uh, height of perfection. So let's get into this dark psychology. I am so involved with my environments because of being a creator, a storyteller, an author, a, a teacher, a trainer. I'm always looking for the next lesson. There's always another lesson to be learned, always another adventure, always another secret to be cracked. And so I had that uh, wide-eyed wonder when I'm walking through the park with everybody and uh, looking and pointing and saying, did you see that? Well, did you see that? You know, and I was looking at um, a uh, building and it was a facade uh, because they do that a lot to create um, a sense of uh, a street, a neighborhood, a district or whatever uh, in these particular parks. And um, for this particular facade, it uh, was a throwback to Hollywood of the 30s through, I guess, the 50s. And uh, it had the Art Deco style in some places. In some places, it had the style back from the time when um, Warner Brothers was just getting started and Walt Disney and all those others were just getting started. And the symbolism that was there was just amazing. And it was it wasn't, they weren't trying, I don't think they were trying to hide it, but I mean, it was just all over the place in plain sight. Whether it was a symbol of an animal, a specific actual symbol, a symbol uh, the way the letters were, were done, uh, their placement, how they would reflect and refract uh, sunlight at different times of the day. It was just so many layers of wondrous, beautiful, dark psychology that I was, uh, I felt like I was at a 
smorgasbord of everything that was going on that would would tintillate uh, my senses and and trigger uh, thoughts of um, things that I had either um, studied in the past and could only um, really kind of like enjoy from afar. But to see it, boy, I'm telling you, to see it in person, I'm I'm just oh I know I'm kind of like stumbling and I know I don't have a lot of time to really tell you what I'm trying to tell you but just just know this it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing and if you ever get the opportunity to either come back to Universal or to go I'm not endorsing or telling you what to do start to look and try to identify at least three things going on at the same time Take for instance, at this particular time, they have the Jimmy Fallon uh, uh, NBC Studios uh, tour going on, and it's it's not a tour; it's a it's a it's a ride, and it's called it's an experience. They call it an experience. It's a 3D experience where you it's called Race Through Manhattan, and it's just as cute as it wants to be. Um, but even with that, they have uh, so much symbolism and stuff going on. Even when you're going down the hallway, looking at the old logos of NBC. They have a little bit of museum nostalgia. They've got um, the different faces and the uh, the different people. And they're doing a lot of uh, positioning, posturing. They're doing the, the four things that it takes uh, to build a cult. <laughs> I, maybe I'll talk about that on a, a podcast coming up. I don't know. We'll see. But like they actually have a stage uh, in the waiting area the staging area ha 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 they have um the special clothing so everybody is in a a dark suit you know uh the announcer jimmy then he's got his uh band the roots they are even in suits for some of the stuff they do um the way they cue up everything with the applause uh button flashing above the head you know they put you in uh atmosphere like you already feel like you're a studio part of the studio audience um the the colors that they use on the racer that he used. Uh, they tie back to so many subliminal things that enact a sense of uh, wonder and awe and puts you in a, uh, a camaraderie with him to go along to trust him to to take you on this ride because you have to think about it i'm not trying to say anything disparaging about jimmy but jimmy is not a superhero he's not an actor he is at this particular time he is a uh tv show host and he has a ride so for them to be able to elevate um his status in the minds of the people to trust him enough to go along with him even if his popularity is high or not that takes some brilliance and it takes some dark psychology to enact certain things where you uh, gravitate toward and and take the leap to go with uh, by even coming into the building. And so from the moment you go in to curiously check it out, they know that you're going to be curious. And so there are different things that they put out there. I'm not going to call them out because I want you to experience, but they put certain little things out there that do nothing more than to make you take the next step to find out more and it just keeps going on and on and on and it's just um 
done so elo eloquently and so subtly. There is a power in the subtlety of how Universal Studios uses these embedded commands that you may or may not know are happening. Like, why is it that people naturally know to flow to the left here or flow to the right there um, when they're queuing up, when they're getting them prepared to go into the studio and how they how they do all of this stuff. And it's not just with that particular um, attraction. I'm, I'm kind of like wanting to just uh, highlight a one or two because I, I could tell you about so many. I made so many notes and it's just so, oh, oh it's so good. It's, it's deliciously good. Um, but let's really kind of like talk a little bit about the dark psychology in um, the terms of dusky psychology because this is not nefarious this is not malevolent this is not where they are trying to do things to you unawares that would be harmful they're doing it to you unaware so that you will have a greater depth of experience the one thing that i want to say about across the board with these uh rides and the experience of Universal, Islands of Adventure, Walt Disney, um, the water park, I forget the name of it because I didn't do it, uh, and, and, and Epcot Center and all of these others, is that they understand layering. And dark psychology does not work until there has been sufficient pro, um, uh, pre-formatting. Uh, uh, there has been sufficient layering, uh, meaning that you're moving people to get them to uh, multiple yeses so that you can get them to do the thing that you really wanted them to do be at the, at the onset. And then there's also on top of all of this, there are the uh, subconscious things that are um, central nervous system, are uh, involuntary responses react to that our conscious mind don't react to. So the use of colors, that is a big one. And not just in the NBC ride, but in the other rides and the other things that they do. Now, the thing that they do so brilliantly is they don't just take the colors. They still have to work with the logos and the branding of the different rides to get you to move and do different things. And they have to do it in a way that makes it make sense to you on your level. Because they are not trying to let you see how the sausage is made. They're trying to let you have the best experience you can and for a lot of these experiences and rides you have to be at a deeper subconscious level they've almost got to get you into an alpha state on some of them for you to be able to take it in and really enjoy it on others they've got to get you to a frenetic beta state where you are hopping and ready to go and the adrenaline is going because they're going to be pushing g-forces and whipping you around and doing all of this stuff that it takes for you to get that rush that you are expecting because that's another thing now with dark psychology and the way i observed it being used at universal studios they use it in a way that helps them to fulfill and supersede your expectations of of what you get case in point I talk to people because I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. If you talk to me, I'm, you know, and you're nice, I'll talk to you. And I was, I was on the wet one. Uh, what is that? Jurassic Park, where you get wet. Uh, I, I didn't do the Popeye or the 
rickshaw or whatever that other one was. I was just like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm wet enough for today. And I was talking <laughs> to a person when I was doing that, that ride. And they had told me that they come all the time. They live locally and they come all the time. And that that was their favorite ride and um, that it just never gets old. And of course, the curiosity, the questioner in me was like, well, what, what makes this ride so enjoyable to you? Is it the water? And they were like, no, it's not the water. I was like, well, what is it? And they were like, it's just the whole thing. It's like the anticipation that they build up before you get in. Like, you know, she, she was pointing to, she said, that box, you saw how it just rattled? She says, my mind knows that it's not a rap, velociraptor in there, but my body doesn't. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. That's what it is. So a lot of these rides, they are becoming so savvy now that uh, in the old days, they used to have to physically sell you on the expectation. But there is an evolution happening in the dark psychology side of things where they are appealing more to your psyche. And they are using it not only by appealing to your psyche on the subliminal, but they're getting your body involved to sell the story so that you have a greater and a deeper experience. Because when I, when she said that, and I finally realized that some of the, the, uh, the uh, rides that she had, she said that she went on a lot, a lot of them used this combination. And I was like, ooh, this is so good. So let me just tell you, tell you a little bit about this, okay? So a lot of these rides, they call them 3D rides, experiences, and then you have to wear goggles to see the 3D and all of that. Tip off, anything that requires you to have a 3D is going to be working with your spatial perception. Now, I um, was talking to someone the other day about a phenomenon and they were asking me if I would uh, talk about it on the webcast. And I was like, well, I haven't had much interaction with a person with it except for when I go to conferences. And um, this phenomenon is uh, a... a, a um, it has to deal deal with uh, anxiety and overwhelm, where a person they kind of like hit their uh, they easily they they they're super sensitive um, to stimulation, and thus they get overwhelmed really easily. And uh, they're not on spectrum, but they do have this disorder where they have to get away um, to to allow a lot of the uh, inputs that are sensory inputs firing on them to, to back back down so they can deal. Now, the, the thing that I'm getting at and why I brought that up is that when they are giving you the 3D glasses, it's kind of like, okay, they're getting ready to mess with your um, spatial perception, okay? We just already know that. The next thing is, they give you the goggles, you get in the seat. Of course, they have to put the safety stuff on. Um, but instead of the cart or whatever you're in that they're going to deliver you through um, the ride with, instead of it moving and the, the lights on like a traditional roller coaster or a Ferris wheel, they use lighting and orientation on top of this spatial uh, perception. So they can spin you around, they can jostle the uh, seat that you're in to coincide with a rock slide or you falling off of a cliff. Uh, you're wearing these glasses, stuff is coming 
right at you, exploding in your eyeballs even. And uh, they're just doing the most. And I love it. I'm here for it, y'all. I'm telling you, I just love it. They also, not only that, they have it where because of your body and your mind working together at their bidding to take in and understand what's happening to you, they are able to use the sounds. So um, they have stereo stuff going on. So in one ear, someone might be talking to someone else. In another ear, there's a scream. And then on top of all of that, there is a layered track of music. And then on top of that, they have the monsters or the enemies or whatever it's whatever's going on um, coming at you. And on top of that, they have it in Dolby Stereo. So it sounds like you're actually inside a movie or inside an actual battle uh, between supervillains and heroes. And it it works extremely, extremely well. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I don't like the water. A lot of rides, they use a little bit i mean i'm talking about just little droplets of water to relate to you that you're going through water someone is spilling their guts or whatever it may be is you know i'm sorry if that's gross for some of you but they just use a little bit of water to spray you and it does the full effect because you're already immersed in this and and okay so let me go back because remember i talked about layering so this is how they're layering they give you these goggles you put the goggles on they take off they say and they remind you don't forget to put your goggles on now i took my goggles off you know just to see and yeah um it looked blurry and everything but you know the stuff was still playing and it still looked like it was coming towards me and i didn't want to waste my precious um five to seven minute ride looking around without my glasses so i put i did put them back on um but i, I like i said i noticed because of what that young lady had said i noticed that they could use a smaller space to create a bigger um ride so like we went to the mummy and the mummy is kind of like a roller coaster but it's inside and it takes it takes advantage of all the stuff that i'm talking about whereas they used to have rides that had to almost encompass the full park to give you the same experience because they were using relying so much on um what you could see and in the outside and so with this layering of messing with the lights that's another thing you'll notice a lot of these rides the, new, the newer ones it's dark when they go in there because in the dark you can reacclimate people think of uh the zero flotation zero gravity flotation tanks where people go in and they just float and they become serenely uh, calm that puts them in an alpha state some you know some people even slip into beta and theta and you know and sleep um think about uh even if you want to torture someone and you do strobe lights you you put them in the dark and and because you have stripped away one of uh the big players on the five primary senses that we work with you're able to make them intensify or the body automatically intensifies the others so that sound uh feel or touch uh and um uh, uh taste and smell all of those 
become more engaged. And now you have deeper depths and more layers that you can play around with. You see how all this is starting to work? And, I, and I, I'm telling you, you're in on it. So that's why I call it dusk uh, psychology concerning this instead of dark psychology. But it is still the same. Um, another thing, there are subliminal NLP things that are happening as well. The fact that they give you titles and names, that is building status and rapport with them. You know, if you are in a ride and you are a trainee or if you're in a ride and you're in um, a bus uh, as one of the surveyors of the land or whatever it may be, they I, and I talked about this in another episode um, to called uh, Happy Fans <laughs> and uh, you are now ingratiated into their culture and you have become a part of them and you're now friends with the cast and crew of whatever this experience is. They are now, uh, like I said, messing with your status and i'm going to tell you something um i think it was perry belcher he's a he's a um a contemporary uh marketing person um online marketing person and i, I want to say that i've heard him say that everything you do if you're marketing to someone if you make sure that you elevate or you help them project or improve their status people will buy from you when I was in these particular rides and I would come out, I would say, what did they do to elevate my status? And I'm going to just tell you this. If you've ever been to Universal, think about this. Or if you decide to come, when you think about when you come, check and see if they're still doing it. And, you know, just just give me a little smile and a little a little thumbs up. They clap when you get done with the ride. They're clapping. And that clap is to say that you've achieved something that you're special now, that you're part of us, that you've overcome one, survived, whatever, and they clap. And so because they are clapping, and these are the people working the rise, because they are clapping, they are immediately giving you status, giving you accolades, giving you um, acknowledgement that you are different than you were when you came on the ride before. And so because they have remembered to put that nice little exclamation point on the end of the story that they were telling you and taking you through, it helps to change your state, change you into a different person because of the experience. There's a study that says that experiences outweigh things. So if you have money, they say, uh, if you had like some money, and you wanted to, to decide what would give me more joy, more happiness. They would say to have an experience as opposed to buying a thing. Now, I could go down and I think I might talk about that if, if, if people uh, give me comments about that. I, I've, I've been interested in revisiting the hedonistic treadmill and how it works now with our, our, our pendulum swing away from having so much crap and how a lot of us are moving more towards smaller downsize and minimalism and how, how getting off of that hedonistic treadmill is working um, in reverse. Um, but the thing is, is the hedonistic treadmill is um, mainly at a certain level not always but at a certain level it's mainly uh, attached to the acquisition of things it can be attached to experiences and you look for more and bigger experiences but because the experiences that it takes for this uh, are usually quite expensive 
the hedonistic treadmill when it comes to ex, uh, experiences is uh, usually in the realm of the affluent and the u- uber rich or ultra rich. And um, at this particular time, I can't comment on that. <laughs> so I'm going to just say I have heard, honey, I have heard. <laughs> but anyway, so going back to this dark psychology or dusky psychology, as I'm, I'm preferring to call it here. The layers, the the nice punctuation on the end of the story, um, how even when you come out, it's kind of like... Um, you know you're going to have to go through the gift shop. You already know that, right? But when you come back out into the sunlight, I can't I can't explain it, but just trust me. It's like when you come back out of the sunlight, it feels like the sun is looking at you or shining on you differently for having gone through that experience. If you're with someone, a lot of times you're coming out and you're like, oh, that was fun or let's go try this one or it was okay you know and they don't want you to say it was okay they want you to say oh this was fun you know and so even after the hand clap and when you are in the gift shop they are trying to give you verbal cues uh for paraphernalia and uh, branding and and uh, physical things to implant and embed the memory of the experience you just had that's why a lot of people get the trinkets the kitsch the stuffed animals the uh renderings of the characters and figurines and shot glasses and all this kind of stuff that they have there because they are anchoring their experience with this tangible thing. And I just want you to know, the reason why they're anchoring is because they were programmed to do it when they stepped into the ride. Um, The backstory, uh, getting you to become part of the culture and the clan and the special language or the um, special title or special clothing or whatever it may be that makes them uniquely them. Having you become a part of that is the priming and the proving ground for you to want to remember that memory when you get on the other side and so like i said it's a brilliant thing but we're in on it because that's why we pay the money to come that's why we come back that's why that young lady said i come all the time and these are my favorites and when i thought about what she was saying and i had to realize oh these are the the newer rides that are using this upgraded evolution of how to bring you into a deeper experience of the ride so it's not just sight and um feeling sensual it is as many sensory pulse points as possible and even with the spatial um realization part of it with the 3d glasses i noticed that they don't just come at you from the front or even the sides there are things happening behind you by sound and by feeling. So in some of, some of the situations, the characters in front of you are speaking to you and telling you things like, watch out behind you. And they are prepping you for a 360 degree experience. And uh, sometimes you might feel heat or that sprinkling water that I'm not a fan of, or mist, or or, or the sounds of, of rushing tides behind you. And then they speak spin you around so now you're looking behind you as if you were in the real world and this was happening and someone told you behind you and you had the ability to spin around and look and see what or who 
is behind you. And I was like, this is just brilliant. And that's why I was just like, look, did you see that? Did you really? And, and, and my family is like, okay, give it a rest, Michelle, please. We are watching this just like you. Let us have our experience. And so I, I actually had to calm it down a little bit because I mean, I was in a sense of perpetual wonder and amazement because of how well their um, ability to transport people from one phase to another and how fast they're able to do it that's just oh that's just amazing to me you know so anyway the wisdom smack (laughs) that I got from this was that there is a place for everything and people want you to do what you can without harming them to take them to the closest brink of experiential um adventure and entertainment as possible. If that means that you've got to give them 3D glasses, put them in a ride that shakes, rumbles, tumbles upside down and um, flies and takes them on a Quidditch field, uh, has a dragon blow fire at them and then you feel the heat of the fire or has a large uh, nuclear reactive baby uh, swipe you up in the air and you smell baby powder, whatever they have to do, to help you have that deeper or that depth of experience, they're going to do it, you know, up to the point before they harm you. And we're in on it. We might not, you know, consciously say, oh, I'm in on the the dark psychology. I'm in on the um, the NLP. I'm in on the fact that if they want me to go to the left without having to always tell me, they're going to make it angled a little bit. The um, the, the walkway is going to be angled to the left and it's going to send subconscious messages to my body to go left, you know, or right or however they're doing it. The architecture, everything is in on the gag, everything. And what I also wanted to say is this, when you're at that level, you can't trick the mind with cheap thrills and so for them the devil is in the detail and they up their game with paying attention to detail yes some of the stuff is fake but the stuff that's tactile like nine times out of ten if you're facing a wall and you're you're able to reach out and touch it they're going to make it uh, feel as much as like it's supposed to as possible so they're always selling always selling you um the the dream always selling you the experience and it's just um a wonderful display of dark psychology now i possibly do a part two of how it looks in the wild when there are no games involved but I might save that for for something in the future when uh, I'm not so geeked about my Universal's experience. So that's what I have for you today. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. And if you like this, please comment, share, and um, pass it on. And if you would like to help continue to uh, get this, help me get this podcast out, consider using uh, our link for Amazon. And if you purchase uh, within that day, we might get some commissions from it. And to use that link, go to Michelle with two L's, michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And guess what? That's it for the day. So I'm going to see you tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.